0: Doody little buckaroo. Do you like animals? We sure do. So come on down to the weekly meeting of the Animal Fan Club.
1: Cuckoo! Cuckoo!
0: The cuckoo clock is proclaiming that it's creature o'clock. So ring that buzzer. It sounds like a lion Roar! <laughs> And open the door to join us for meeting number 16 of the Animal Fan Club.
1: I'm Penguin Perineum Dresser Meredith.
2: I'm Invasive Species Mike Luno. And I'm your dare-joking dingo, Brent Huser.
1: We meet every week at our clubhouse. We like to call the Dalmatian Station
0: woo, woo, woo.
1: to talk about our favorite animals.
0: While we lack an expertise, we make up for an in unbridled enthusiasm and childlike wonder.
2: Wow!
0: <laughs> So saddle up that miniature horse and hold on tight for the furriest fin-filled and feathered podcast in all of the kingdom, animalia.
1: Wow! So how are pearls made? Okay, can we talk about this? Okay, we got <laughs> jumping
0: our, right in. We
1: got our bivalve oysters make pearls.
0: I don't know which bivalve makes pearls.
1: I think it's oysters.
0: It feels right.
1: Okay, this is what it is. It's a grain of sand, and somehow it like really irritates the innards of oyster. Yes. And then I think the pearl itself is the accumulation of that frustration in material form.
0: Oh. That feels right.
1: Yeah. Which is why they're always misshapen because, you know, frustration does not take a perfect spherical shape.
2: Same. Yeah.
1: And, Mike, I just have to comment. That is a beautiful strand of black Mike pearls. Mike is sitting
2: over here wearing a beautiful strand of pearls. And he has, he has a few strands of pearls, actually. Yeah. Uh, on demand, as you do.
0: We were talking about necklaces. We were talking about turning cute looks for Brent, who's
2: back in. Let's talk about the giraffe in the room. Brent uh, is back with uh, us. Yes! I Brent was the beastie back. for Buzz, 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 Brent last time. But now I'm the dead joking dingo because I'm working in my Aussie accent. We'll work on that later.
1: I have to say, Brent, it's good.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> I thought it was so bad. I have to say, keep practicing. Ah! Uh, what are you, Australian? Uh, well, hey, thank you so much for having me back. I, as you know, I'm a super fan. I'm a super fanimal of the Animal Fan Club. So animals our
1: fanimals. our
2: fanimals.
1: our brand clubby fanimals.
0: Yeah. I love that. We were trying to come up with a name for our fans, and we first came up with clubbies. But oh, okay. it turns out clubby is a term used in sports to refer to the person who, like, wrangles clubhouse items in a baseball circumstance. Right. Like kind of like the locker room guy. Your fans would be
2: helpful then, at least, hopefully. right? <laughs> yeah.
0: But fanimal is nice because it's much more on the nose, and it doesn't have. There's no fanimal in a baseball club. I don't. No. Right?
2: No. I mean, I'm sure if you looked up fanimals, you might find some sort of logo or something. Hopefully, it's not too trademarked. But I don't know. It's just it's an option. You you create you have, you do what you like with your podcast. But fanimal's kind of fun.
1: It's perfect. It's we very have a question,
2: an inquiry from one of our fanimals. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have to
0: have pay you for all of this special material?
2: You know, on the record, I will say I'm such a fan of this podcast uh, that is trending uh, number sixty something on the Animal Podcast uh, Journey charts. List, yes, charts <laughs> on the list. charts on the podcast journeys, <laughs> the
1: safaris
2: on the safaris of Animal Fan Club of, of Animal Podcasts. Yours is in the sixties out yeah. of probably how many? I mean, everyone loves to talk about cats and things like that's amazing. Sure, yeah, at least seventy five podcast yes at least 60 you're hey. 68 out of 69 and that's just fine
1: exactly i say <laughs> we're ranking baby yeah i'll take what i can get
2: chart topper
0: so my animal news of the week is that i read this article on wired about animals needing digital privacy too and it was just a sort of you know <gasps> opening lines of inquiry really into this concept of like if we are putting these animals on an exhibit at a zoo that's already invading their privacy in a way but if now we're also streaming these sort of voyeur cams of like <laughs> the inside of the gorilla enclosure yes. just willy-nilly around the world so that the gorilla doesn't know they're being watched you know what i mean it just raises a lot of questions about um, ethics and morality
1: yeah i know the cornell bird labs so like one of the best like ornithology labs in the country Um, Again, a great Instagram presence. If y'all like birds, check out the Cornell Labs. Do you like
2: birds, Meredith?
1: I do like birds, Mike.
2: Let's give them something to squawk about. (laughs) How about grubs? Grubs, (laughs) grubs.
1: How about grubs? Oh, Bonnie Raitt. I love a Bonnie Raitt moment. That's actually my karaoke song. I have one and it's that.
2: Straight to Bonnie Raitt.
1: Straight to Bonnie Raitt. I love her bonnie ray oh god
0: i love her so y'all i'm such an instrumentalist that i don't do karaoke i'm
1: just like
2: i could not possibly sing in front of other people you're one of those yeah Yeah, i get it too i have friends like as a musical theater actor uh i have friends that don't like to do that either they're like "Ah, karaoke i would never i'm like give me the mic turn the reverb up if it sounds like shit it's karaoke who cares i also hosted it for a long time sure so i knew how to like have a good time in the realms of karaoke like you don't want to be too american idol four chair turn the voice like slash you don't want to be too terrible so it's 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 somewhere in between but i'm i'm a fan of karaoke i will say but i get why one would not be
0: well again that thing that you have that we talked about last week here in the dalmatian station eastern outpost is that you have this sort of reckless abandon. You don't have the same types of reservations about things that people do where you're scared. You're no. past the fear
2: yep. where you're just like,
0: here I am and this is me doing it. There was
2: actually an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race where Jennifer Lewis was the judge. And one of the girls was like, oh, like one of the drag queens like, I'm nervous. Like, I don't know, whatever. And she actually, this encompasses it a little bit. It's kind of a mantra I've been going with is she looked at him. was like, leave that nervous bullshit at the door. It's boring. And that always stuck with me. Yeah. Like, like or, you know, I mean, you should always have a little bit of nerves about performing or doing sure. anything that might be beneficial to you. Or, like, you know, like, nervous about things. That's okay. Like, some anxiety is okay. But to let it get in your way, it's just boring. I agree you know? with that. Go I, get it. Just I go agree. do it. Who cares? I think that the greatest gift that
0: RuPaul has given us, aside from catapulting these careers of drag queens and making queen. Catapulting.
2: We are on topic.
0: Me wow. Is that constant push of like, no, just be you and like, no, just do your thing? I always feel like the people that I respect the most and that I've worked with and enjoyed working with the most are always kind of like, just don't be that way. Like, that's the advice that's given to young artists stop that behavior, mm-hmm. you know? and just kind of go for it.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm glad you enjoy my reckless abandon. My savings account probably would disagree. But but thank you. And back at you as well. You've you've uh succeeded at several things in uh, very different so many um problems. very different fields. So, congrats. The Brent. and I are just going to so make out. <laughs> and I am here to watch it. Honey. The category today is bears. <laughs> <Rawr>. <laughs> Woof.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, Cornell bird cams. This is what I was going
0: to yeah, say. Yeah, your Cornell bird cam. Sorry, we just got No, into- it is so we, totally
1: fine. I love that. We
0: Showering each other with
2: positivity. <laughs> yeah. We tangerined. We tangerined.
1: <laughs> yeah, so there's like these just cameras, I guess, set up in areas that I guess are known nesting sites for various species of birds. So I feel like I've been watching these and there are these moments of very tender, say, like interaction between mother and chick with an albatross. For instance, these majestic seabirds sure. in their nests. And they're just preening each other and just kind of like snuggling. And I say, in light of what you just mentioned, Mike, I'm like, should I not be watching this as an exotic fascination? Does it
2: feel like dirty? Like just It like...
1: doesn't Does feel it... dirty, but now I'm feeling like it's dirty. Because mm-hmm. I'm invading this family privacy of this, you know, fledgling albatross family.
2: But also, do they know...
1: Probably not. Probably
0: not. Okay, this brings me to a point that I like to make, which is about Albert Einstein. And his most famous experiment, what won him the Nobel Prize, it was not relativity, which he's most famous for, and it's what most people know about him. It was the photoelectric effect experiment. So you have to really stay with me here. Okay. okay? (laughs) So light behaves both like a particle and like a wave. So, you know, if you like make this wall and you put two slits in it and you push a bunch of waves at it, waves are going to go through the slits. Okay. okay. And then they're going to kind of spread out and then interfere with each other and create more little mini wavelets, right? Yeah. absolutely so then if you had a wall like set up after the two openings in the wall it would kind of create a pattern on the wall all the little wavelets would kind of create like a dispersion pattern an interference pattern Mm -hmm. if you will but if you had the wall with two slits in it and you had like a nerf gun you shot at the wall and through the slits you'd have two like vertical bands of nerf darts right
2: yeah
0: okay does that make sense?
2: Oh, yes, because the slits are going a long way. Because it's like shooting, it's it.
0: a different thing. So, okay. like waves would leave one pattern and Nerf darts would leave another pattern is kind of the foundation of it. So he got these little packets of light, these little photons, and he shot them through a double slit. And when he wasn't watching, it would appear as a wave pattern, like as a wave interference pattern on the back wall. But when he would watch, then it would appear as two little slits of like Nerf darts. So this physical phenomenon was affected by the observer, which is kind of like the mind-blowing thing about the science and is what actually got him the award. So it's the observer affects the thing, the system,
2: the observee. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Are we just saying like to like an audience, like to having so someone like having an audience, right? Like if, if someone's watching you, you feel a certain way. Yes. Right. I mean, that makes sense. And also just, tangent, tangerining off of that. I'm a big meditator and like, you know, chill, earth vibes, yogi, the whole thing. Uh I I would assume that just having cameras or electrical equipment running around you probably sends something into the air. I mean, there's, there's certain sound waves and things that you probably can't hear. And, and, you know, I'm sure, sure, you know, maybe it puts you a bit on edge, just like a creepy sound in a, in a creepy movie, like the music puts you on edge, you know, having these birds around their bird cams and gorillas around their big brother cams up in the room, pro- it, you know, naturally could put them at unease.
1: Which really, I mean, shoots a bullet or undermines everything in life because science is observed, right? You know, we Ooh. observe experiments and gain knowledge through, you know, testing and proving hypotheses, disproving hypotheses. but. If observation has such a profound effect at the molecular level, like how can we trust anything?
0: That's kind of the thing. It's, if all matter is merely energy condensed, there is that moment where you realize that all of matter is mostly empty space because it's kind of just these like electrons and things like kind of moving around fast mm. enough. But it's mostly air. It's mostly emptiness. And then you start kind of looking at the floor and you're like, this is actually mostly emptiness. Yes, and absolutely. I'm wow. mostly emptiness. And, you know, then you just kind of have to somehow continue continue living.
2: Yeah. Are
1: we really here?
2: Parents should just tell their kids you don't amount to anything and then you'll be very successful.
1: You're a bag of air. Yes,
2: you're a bag of air. Charlie, you're yeah, yeah, mostly exactly. empty space. <laughs> In mostly empty space. Now hit it. Ready?
1: Okay. Work. Taxana you. Taxana we. Taxana who?
2: Taxana moi.
1: Kingdom.
0: And Amelia, no surprises there. Phylum. Annelida, segmented worms. Clitellata, they have a clitellum. Order. Opus Sothopora, they have paired testes. Family. Lumbricidae, well-known European earthworms. Genus. Lumbricus, nearly 700 valid species. Species. Terrestris, it's the common earthworm. Dewworm, granddaddy earthworm, rainworm, it's abundant.
2: Whoa. Yeah, mic drop. That's yeah. good. My God, Busta Rhymes wishes. You were flowing up in there. Thanks. <laughs>
1: Seems like the same way one of these guys would flow through the soil, right?
0: Yeah, these crazy guys. Meredith, I have to say, I feel like you with the sea cookie. I'm a bit like, this is a whole new phylum.
1: (laughs) It's a lot.
0: (laughs) The annelids. We have ringed worms. They're segmented worms. We have 22,000 extant species, including ragworms, earthworms, and leeches.
1: (sighs) Ragworms? That sounds...
2: Ragworms. Disgusting. Yeah. Also, leeches. Leeches. Well, you know that movie,
0: like Stand By Me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. With the leech scene? Yeah. yeah. Boy, if that didn't make little adolescent me feel a certain pain. <sighs> and
2: oh, for sure. I never want to feel ever in my life. Leeches are kind of spooky.
0: They are they're spooky
2: little vampires, but I mean they're used to also help. Yeah, bring blood suction back to in certain area that might be you know need it. And
1: is it still used? Do people still? do I believe
2: so. Yeah, like I think there are
0: applications for them in medical settings. Okay.
2: I want to say I watched a plastic surgery show, Uh, like one of the ones that's like, "Oh, fix my face! I screwed it up." Right. With plastic (laughs) surgery, sure. And they use leeches for like the tip of their nose or something. What? There's a couple. Yeah, I want to say I absolutely watched that, and that's not just a dream I had. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be, I don't know. <laughs>
1: Either way, I like it.
0: Mostly terrestrial, these annelids, but they do live in marine environments, including tidal zones and hydrothermal vents. They're kind of, you know, a worm experience. We have bilateral symmetry, yeah, kind of like symmetrical oh. down the middle, you know? They're like
2: the prettiest worm ever, yes. right? Yes. isn't symmetry supposed to be pretty? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like we love earthworms.
0: And then these segments have the same set of organs, it says. Pairs of paropodia, which seem like little leggy things that are used for locomotion. <sighs> I know, I feel completely confused by all of this. And then each segment is separated by septa in most species. Okay. But in some of the species, it's poorly defined or just completely absent. In our species, that is a thing. Like they do, our species does have a septum. We're talking a lot about general worms and kind of zooming right. in on one worm. General worms.
2: I love a good old general worm. Uh,
1: Rank below major. I don't know. I don't a general
2: worm. Yeah, sure.
1: I don't know. <laughs> well, military I think general
2: ranks. is higher than major. Well, general
1: I is the top tippy top, right?
0: I think that would be like an admiral or maybe CEO, a right? Oh, wait. General. Like a defense secretary. Maybe yeah. Maybe that's the top. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So the septa that divides these segments, I was like, well, that makes me think of septum and like people get their septum pierced on oh, their yeah, nose. Oh, yeah, in your nose. So I was like, well, what's a septa? And a septa is a wall or a segment that divides a cavity or structure. Oh.
1: So a wall itself could be a septa? Uh-huh. Within these four septa, we record this podcast.
2: These words are getting really hard for me over here. I
1: know the vocab, these words are getting real hard. It's just hold on tight. Man. I'll be it's I'll be getting, the tran, the translator getting, for. It'll get worse
2: for the kids who didn't go to college. Over here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this earthworm that we're talking about, the family of Limbricidae, and then down to our earthworms—that's really what people think of when they think of earthworms. You know, and most commonly referred to as such.
2: Yeah. This
0: particular species is an anesic worm. It's A-N-E-C-I-C. Anesic? A-N-N-what? A-N-E-C-I-C. I'll look it up. Anesic. Well, I know what it means. I just don't know how to say it. It means that it forms temporary deep burrows and then it comes to the surface to feed. Most earthworms will burrow through the soil to find food, but this one likes to come up above ground to get food.
1: What do they eat up there?
0: Well, they mostly eat plant matter, but they can also get into dead insects and feces. But one cool thing that they do is they take plant matter and they pull it back to the top of their burrow so it can decay more so then they can eat it. Oh.
1: All right. Smart. Crafty. Seriously.
0: They're typically eight to eleven inches long, and that's in real inches, but there are claims that they've gotten up to like twenty to twenty five inches long, but those are internet inches. Right. So there's a citation needed. Oh
2: you know.
1: That's two feet. That's crazy.
2: Yeah, that's a lot of worm. That's a lot. What kind of fish do you catch with that kind of worm?
1: Holy mackerel. Holy mackerel.
2: (laughs) growing up in ohio kids this ohio podcast happening i know over i love ohio
1: uh, everyone podcast.
2: in the room is currently from ohio yeah go currently Buckeyes
1: and always
2: right and forever <laughs> o-h-i-o they would always surface when it rained outside
1: yes yes right? yes right like it would be are, pouring
2: and then they're just like oh like we're out like what is do you, like what i assume let me tell you what i assumed is it rained a lot and they would, were drowning down there so then they came up or do they come up for another reason that's that's what i'm asking
0: I always heard that when they would come up during the rain, it would be because otherwise they would drown, I guess. But in my worm research, I did find that a common way for worm researchers, worm theorists, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) I went to
2: school and now I'm a worm theorist. (laughs) PhD in worms. That's actually fierce. It's Uh, super fierce. You know it
0: exists. There's it's a about a very specific degree. Yes. They'll take a certain amount of water and mix in some mustard and shake it up and <gasps> pour it on the ground because then the worms get like wet and it's a mild irritant so they like want to swim out oh. because it's both wet and mustardy.
2: <laughs> so don't try to turn a worm into a hot dog. Never. No.
1: Sounds like a slow Tuesday for me. Wow. Wet and mustardy. My gosh.
2: <laughs> Speaking of irritants, before you give us more facts, isn't there like salt screws them up too, right? Yeah, I would assume because salt on a slug or yeah. like a, or, or a snail or something is like toxic because they need to be juicy, right? Right. I would yeah. assume it dries them out.
1: It dries if them out.
2: you want to, you know, go for some salt and mustard, you are perfectly prepared for the worm apocalypse.
1: Exactly. Or the worm yes. exodus.
2: On to more learning, Mike. <laughs> I just have to say that much like the slug, I
0: also need to be juicy.
2: Oh, <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> So
0: their digestion's interesting. They have is. a straight tube which extends from the mouth to the anus.
1: Why complicate Me things? Me too. <laughs> yeah. Actually, why fuck? Why muck it up? Just so much straight to the
0: anus. <laughs> There's all these words that I don't know, like the elementary canal, alimentary canal. A l i m e n t a r y consists of a mouth, buccal cavity, pharynx, okay. an esophagus, a crop, pharynx, a gizzard, an intestine. I feel like some. I feel like crop. Sounds fun. That sounds like a riding crop, I guess. Right? Yeah,
1: isn't that like in a region where there's like it's like an intermedial zone?
2: A crop? That's like. Can we tell I've been writing do. an
1: academic paper lately. Not intermedial. Intermediate zone. It's between like stomach and mouth. Oh, okay.
2: Like from yeah. from chewing in your mouth to your yeah, stomach, and or think, and or like, coming from the stomach to the intestine. Like those kind of breaking areas. Let's yeah. say.
1: Yeah. Like, where has something a, maybe needs there's to change. Like something in there where it gets ground up, or hmm. they hold it. It's a holding.
0: That's
2: the gizzard.
0: It's like pre-gizzard. The pharynx is like the suction pump. It's like draws the food in and then it goes into the esophagus and calcium's pumped in to maintain proper blood calcium levels in the blood and food pH.
2: Well, duh, Mike. Didn't you know that?
0: Yeah, I I don't know. Then the food (laughs) like goes into the crop and gizzard. The gizzard has strong muscular contractions to grind the food. So I guess the crop is like a gizzard staging area. I knew that. The gizzard that. green room. Cool. Well, then there's intestines. It has its own pair of muscles. And then it goes out the poop zone. Great. It has a dual circulatory system.
2: I wonder what that means.
0: There's a dorsal Duel, vessel. There's two
2: of them. It's two of them like, operate independently of each other? So if one gets knocked out, maybe the other one's...
0: Okay, so there's a closed circulatory system with five main blood vessels. There's a dorsal, a ventral, a subneural, and two lateral neural vessels.
2: I knew that.
0: There's apparently this, like, uh... I don't even I don't know. There's also a coelomic fluid system.
1: Is that what you were wondering I, about? Well, right? <laughs> I was going to say
2: that earlier, but there's an excretory st- this one I know. The excretory system? Yes, this one I'm aware of. Yeah,
0: with the pair of nephridia in every segment except for the first 3 and the last one. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: the nephrid the nephridia are integumentary, septal and pharyngeal. So we have, so pharynx, relating to the pharynx, I guess, septal, septum, maybe, and then interguminatory.
2: (laughs) Interguminatory. That has to be, like, from Merriam-Webster to your ears, like, exactly how it's pronounced.
0: They have no special respiratory organs. The gases are exchanged through the moist skin and capillaries. Oxygen's picked up by hemoglobin, dissolved in blood plasma, and carbon dioxide's released. Cool. Cool. Sounds sounds familiar. They
2: sound they sound pretty scrappy. Yeah, yeah. They breathe through this. They breathe and they toot through their skin.
0: Yeah, pretty
2: pretty much what we're saying. Yeah, which is why. So if they breathe through their skin, maybe that's why they come up out of the ground when it's raining because they can't breathe. That feels right. Feels right. And also maybe they got toot. They got to come upstairs to toot.
1: Yeah, you can't toot underwater. Yeah, you can't toot where you live. You gotta gotta go outside for that.
0: So mating occurs on the surface mostly at night they're hermaphroditic um the sexual organs are located in segments 9 to 15
1: sounds like alien stuff
0: the ovaries and oviducts in segment 13 release eggs via female pores on segment 14 while sperm is expelled from segment 15
2: but they have to mate with like another worm though they can't just like do it in-house you said they're not they are they're not asexual then because then they would be by themselves right
0: I like the expression doing it in-house as meaning self-fertilization <laughs> as opposed to just masturbation. I, I told like you, to I'm here that. to
2: connect with the kids. I'm here to connect with people, you know, doing it at home, like just getting it done. It's cool. Me, myself, and I, I got this.
1: Getting it done in-house.
2: Got's babies. Bam. Are you ready for this one?
0: Copulation and reproduction are separate processes and earthworms.
2: What? Copulation and reproduction are different? Yeah. What's so do they, the Are they like dolphins? Do they fornicate for fun?
0: I don't know. Copulation is so copulation would be the animal sexual behavior and reproduction is
2: like the the biological
0: process. Yeah. Okay. So then, sometime after copulation, long after the worms have separated, the clitellum (laughs) secretes material which forms a ring around the worm.
1: Ring around the worm. I
2: was just gonna do that. Pocket full of sperm. (laughs) Ashes, ashes. You got a baby now. (laughs) It's really creepy. That's what the leeches would sing. Those creepy <laughs> leeches would sing something like that. They just like sit around like, Gonna suck your blood now. <laughs> yeah. All right,
0: Meredith. Like your skinka day with the regenerating tail. What did you hey. just call her? The skink-a-day, the blue-tongued skink. Are I'm squab- Billy yes.
1: Skinky. The lizard Ooh.
0: friends skinky. from Australia. They have the ability to regenerate lost segments but the ability varies between species and depends on the extent of the damage.
2: Uh, that's what I was going to ask earlier, because that's like maybe one of the coolest things about worms, is you cut them up, or you chop them in half, like bloop, 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 bloop. They, wolver- like, they wolverine it. They just like grow it back.
0: I'm back. I'm like Yeah,
2: got it. Don't worry about me. And they just kind of squiggle on out. They are symmetrical, and they're ready to come back at you? I don't know. They're, they're ready to grow. They're
1: symmetrical, and they're ready to be symmetrical again if you so pressure them to
2: be cut me I wish you would
1: cut me bitch
2: I wish you would I'll
1: grow back exactly the (laughs) same
2: I think that's the sound that they make when they grow back for sure
1: (laughs) it's the regeneration
2: noise
1: yeah we had to dissect worms in biology
2: oh yeah yeah
1: and I didn't love it (laughs) no
2: what's that little so like on the worms like so far down let's let's, let you know maybe it's like where you said like the, the female eggs like reproductive organs lie like that little band you know you go like let's say like three fourths of the way down there's like that little like almost like a rubber band looks like it's around yeah it's earthworm. like what What's i that would about? equate
1: to like the bendy straw
2: yeah absolutely i think bendy straws may have been based on worms, worms.
1: yeah obviously
2: that's called the clitellum and it's a
0: belt-shaped glandular swelling <laughs> and it covers several segments toward the front part of the animal it's part of the reproductive system and produces egg capsules.
2: <gasps> it was between chapters nine and ten, or whatever you said before, where like the the eggs lie segments segments. Yeah,
1: yeah. I like chapters.
2: Yeah, yeah. Isn't the is it so that that's like um, it's almost like its a little womb. It's like a little protection, not its womb, but you know what I mean. A little extra barrier of protection around yeah, those.
1: It's it's the bendy part of the bendy straw.
2: Boom, the clitellum.
1: Clitellum on the mountain. <laughs>
2: Clitellum? Damn near killed him. What is it? Clitellum? I hardly even know him. Boom. That's fascinating.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much all of my worm information. Again, I feel like this... We're betraying our Chordata privilege by showing that we just simply don't really understand how these worms work. And every day I try and be a little bit better and learn a little bit more about these non-Chordata phylums, which I'm no longer referring to as like alternative phylums or anything like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, and...
0: And just trying to really embrace this and, and learn more about creatures that I don't understand initially. And, you know, doing some of the work myself instead of
2: expecting the creatures to do the work for me.
1: Yeah, good. You know, we're all on a safari here.
2: Safari, so goody. <laughs> but now we know more about these worms. Yeah. I didn't know all that before. Yeah. Now you know when people are like, what's that fleshy
0: part of the worm? You're like, that's the clitellum.
2: I'm going to clitellum all about it. Ow! oh. Sit down, kids. Yeah. Get yourself a beer and a shot, because you're about to learn about the clitellum.
0: Well, let's take a
2: break.
1: Let's do it. Woo! Hey, Drumble Teaser.
0: What's up, Mongo Jenny?
1: I've really been dropping the ball and waking my human up at 5 a.m. I've just been going hard on that catnip and can't wake up from the catnip-induced catnap of cat angels.
0: Well, Mongo Jenny, I used to have that same problem until I got the brand new brand clubby cat alarm clock.
1: Me? Wow. Tell me more, Drumble Teaser.
0: It uses patented cat waking technology to get you off whatever unlikely surface you've turned into a bed
1: my human works different hours every day? Do I have to keep setting my clock? That feels like something I'll forget to do.
0: That's why it includes a custom Bluetooth system that syncs with your human's alarm clock automatically, setting the brand Clubby Cat alarm clock a full two hours before theirs, so you're sure to ruin their day every day.
1: It's a cat fantasy come true in the real world. It sure is. Now my owner will spend even more time on the hate end of our love-hate relationship.
0: That's true. You want to do our fatteneded cartwheel and get out of here?
1: Meow meow. Welcome to
2: Cat Facts.
0: Cats in ancient Egypt were represented in social and religious practices for more than three thousand years. Cats
2: have four legs.
1: Cats engage in what is known as induced ovulation. So, unlike the cycles of a woman, their ovulation is induced by an outside force, such as male copulation.
0: The domestic cat has a smaller skull
2: and shorter bones than the European wildcat. Cats only meow to find their mother's teat while still suckling. After that, they meow to try to speak to humans.
1: Cats can play fetch.
2: The cat is.
0: Digitigrade. It walks on the toes with the bones of the feet making up the lower part of the visible leg. Cats are cute.
1: Jellical cats are of moderate
0: size. The domestic cat's hearing is most acute in the range of 500 hertz to 32
2: kilohertz. Midnight, all along the room. I like cats. Welcome, Welcome to Cat Facts!
0: Taxona you. Taxona we. Taxona whom?
1: Taxona me. Kingdom. Animalia. It's old hat by now. Phylum. Chordata. Spine times the right time. Class. Mammalia. They're fuzzy little boogers. Order. Chiroptera. Only mammals capable of flight. Family. Pateropute. Look out. These guys are mega. Genus. Pteropus Munching on some fruit. Species Paterapus scapulatus, they're mega and they're little, so it's a little red flying fox. <laughs> I
0: Whoa, I was expecting it to be a bat, and it's a flying fox. It's
1: flying foxes are a specific kind of bat. I'm so happy oh. you
0: asked, yes. Is it the kind that does a barrel roll? Don't get it twisted. Like Star Fox?
1: Oh, Star Fox. oh no, no no
2: no. Oh yes, Star Fox. Do a barrel roll. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, it bring it back do to that. some like
2: N sixty four there. I know yep. that yep. took me a moment. Yep.
1: Yeah, so this is the little red flying fox. Ugh. Not to be confused with the little red riding hood, which I tried to figure out how to like incorporate that into the taxonomy cheer, but I'm like, it's the eleventh hour. I gotta get this done. There's no time for this. So,
0: yeah. yeah, I had a similar experience with the worm where I thought I was going to be able to just kind of do it. And then it was like,
1: uh. <laughs> oh. Uh, Welcome to my Sea Star experience.
0: Yeah, the sea cookie. My sea cookie. Arctic sea cookie. <laughs>
1: okay so these guys this is so funny and I I was laughing a lot about this when I realized so we have our preconceptions when it comes to bats right and I actually started to do this presentation because I was watching CNN as I have to
0: do all day every day at work oh wow I'm sorry what a time to be forced to watch cable news well
1: I'll tell you this at my work we're required to put the news on at all times but we also have the control of the remote so the other day I was like having to put CNN then back on, but when you go to Hulu, it had all these advertisements for other shows and it was like this show about the Bronx Zoo called The Zoo. And we're like, we put it on for like two minutes. <laughs> Will the corporate overlords come down on us? Let's find out. Let's so we it. put on The Zoo. Let's the be show. bad.
2: Let's watch The Zoo. I know. I was Let's like, get Let's wild. It was here. like
1: the other day I put on Too Cute, like just Ooh. where that show where it's just like kitten footage. Sure. I put that on for like five minutes and everyone was just like, Ah! <laughs> Overworked consultants are just losing their minds. And then I'm like, Yes, children, Perfect. love of the kittens. So we put the zoo on and just like it just made everybody's day for like two minutes. Yeah. And then we put impeachment hearings back on. Right. Fuck
2: everything. The truth of the world back on TV. And Ugh. like nah, nah. I had this
0: job where I worked where we had to listen to this really shitty European house music, like ambient techno music. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. That was just a vibe, but it didn't have any form and it didn't have any melodies like going Nothing. over phrases or anything. Nope. It would just be like loops, you know, and it would just keep happening. And I think that stuff has a place, but I also think like sometimes you just need to be dancing to... Like Whitney Houston, I was literally absolutely. going to say Lattes. Whitney Houston. Absolutely, like, yes. you just need to do that, and Got there's it. not really a customer that's going to come in and be like, "I don't like that place because the decor doesn't quite match the Whitney Houston that they're playing." They'll just be like, "Yeah, Whitney Houston is exactly what should be yeah. playing in a cafe while I'm waiting for my oat milk latte." Exactly. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Like
2: I feel like the like the house music, the like just you know the sidestepping on the same beat that barely t- changes texture or feel. Like mm-hmm. that's like elevator music.
1: Yeah, it is elevator music. Yeah,
2: but like if I actually go out to the club, I don't want house music. I feel like house music is, dare I say, a little reserved for people who might be on substances, <laughs> who kind of just dance to the same beat over and it's over. The only but way
1: to make it interesting. Maybe enough.
2: not. Don't come for me. But well, you know, that's I all. don't know. I do believe in
0: house music, but I think that part of it is curating the experience. And I think that in, in this particular instance, it's just that these tracks would just play, and they were kind of built so that they could align into other things. Mm-hmm. If somebody were, you know, on the twos and the threes or the ones and twos. It
2: it totally has its place. Just like in general, I like melody and I like lyrics and things. Um, What kind of music do Flying Red Foxes like?
1: They love the lyrics of Bernie Taupin.
2: Can Mm. I direct you
1: all to my shirt?
2: I've noticed that. (laughs) Yeah, There's
1: no stopping Bernie Taupin.
2: Has a fierce selfie right in the middle of it too. Bernie I know, Talton. it's just because
1: I love Elton John, but I also love Elton John songs because the lyrics are so wacky, and this is the man responsible for them.
2: Look at you. So I'm so
1: happy to be Credit Bernie.
2: where credit is due. I know, I
1: love you Bernie, yeah. fan of the podcast, in my <laughs> dreams. Anyway, dream. I bet he would love a little red flying fox. Oh, Okay, I gotta go back through my taxonomy cheer. So I said, for family, Tarot Pody Day, look out, these guys are mega. Listen to this. There's a division of megabats. This is literally what they're called.
0: Megabats?
1: Megabats and microbats. So megabats are the ones that are the fruit-eating bats. So fruit bats.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Are megabats. Okay. And in the case of the little red flying foxes, so flying foxes and fruit bats or old world fruit bats, that's what they're called, are the megabats.
2: Okay. Don't you call me by my name. I'm sitting right <laughs> here. Don't you ever call me old world fruit bat ever again. You know that's my government name. How dare you?
1: That is a hilarious drag of a person. Just a fucking old world fruit, old bat. fruit bat. <laughs> old world fruit bat.
0: Well, with World Pride this past summer in New York City, I definitely saw a bunch of old world fruit bats. Yeah. They do not
2: mingle with the mega bats. No. No. The
0: old world fruit bats <laughs> would definitely not mingle with the mega bats and they'd be walking the O-W-F-Bs. around
2: OWFBs. They'd
0: all have like a fashionable fanny pack and then like <laughs> you could just tell by the short tennis shoe like shirt tucked into the short combination oh. yes, walking yes. in packs of 3 or 4 and you'd just sure. be like you are European
2: and blind.
0: Like it's the, it's the the old game, the old classic game of gay or
2: European. It was oh. a lot yes. of Gay and European. Yeah. Both. <laughs> the answer's both. Yeah, look at those old world fruit bats. <laughs> we'll hoot down with O-W-F-B. Yeah, you
1: know me. Yeah, you'll know me.
2: Yeah, das, das is annoying me. Das is annoying me. We have tangerined, tangerined so well. <laughs> so well. Um, so to the old world fruit bats... Yes. What about them?
1: What about them? So our little red flying foxes. So this idea of the megabat is kind of a funny misnomer. Again, animal misnomers. It could be its own segment. Actually, a third of all quote unquote megabats are less than like 1.8 ounces. Oh. So these megabats are actually not very mega, ultimately, which is so silly. But they are characterized by their dog-like faces.
2: Perfect and cute.
1: Yeah, their cuteness and okay. Here's a vocab alert. Beep, 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 beep. Uh oh. We've got a limited or a unpronounced europatagium. Okay, so patagium itself is we actually are all aware of it. It's that membrane that kind of stretches between or forms the bat wing. Or if we're talking okay. like flying squirrels, is
0: it patagium? Is that what you said? Patagium.
2: I'm into it, but it's like it's like that 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 sort of flappy skin that supports. Let's say you know pushes the air so they yes, can exactly. catches the air and lifts yeah. them higher and higher.
1: Yeah, and so like with a flying squirrel, it's that kind of connection of skin between the, the tissue, the tissue, the tissue between their forearms and their their hind legs,
2: the
0: patagium,
1: the pat- uh. patagium,
0: patagium, God Potassium? Damn it. No, patagium. Yes, okay, got it.
1: But the uropatagium, it stretches between their hind legs.
0: In their uro region. In the uro region, yes.
1: Fruit bats have their dog-like faces. They've got elonged second digits and a a decreased uropatagium compared to their microbat
2: relatives. So they got wings on their feet.
1: The darn thing's got wings on its feet. It's got
2: wings everywhere.
1: Yes. They're super cute. They live on Nectar, so they're Nectavoris. Is that a planet? <laughs> they live on the planet.
2: Jupiter, Nectarine. Mars, Uranus, Nectar, Jupiter. So, no, they
1: live off yeah. the Nectar of, yeah. like, the eucalyptus plant. Because, eucalyptus, where do we find eucalyptus?
2: Uh, Australia. Yes! yes! Ding, ding,
1: ding. So, these guys are an Australian species. Oh. So, if we can picture Australia, essentially their distribution is going to be, like, on a thin band kind of going across the... Northern coast of Australia down along the eastern coast. So that's their distribution.
2: Are they like a rare bat? That sounds like a small, is that like a small portion of Australia they reside it in? It
1: is a small portion, but I don't know that they're necessarily rare. Okay. And they're actually even considered to be pests in a way. Because like, oh, no, no. Oh these no, these
2: stupid little bits. red
1: flying foxes are back. See, I'm right the into it. And
2: everything up. I'm going right to English Right too. to
1: English accent. It's so <laughs> hard.
2: Whatever this is.
1: I know. <laughs> anyway, so farmers and um, I guess it said orchardists because these guys will hang out. Typically, fruit bats in general, they're bigger so they tend to hang out in branches upside down, of course. Of course. But they're about a wingspan apart versus these guys. They hang out in like groups of 20 so they're known to create a lot of branch damage
2: <laughs> branch damage these damn old world fruit bats
1: breaking branches wherever they go they just huddle in these like they little puddle.
0: instead of the cuddle puddle of the tawny nurse they're in shark, a cuddle huddle. we have a cuddle huddle of the
2: flying fruit fox a branch brigade
1: a branch brigade but then they, brigade. they're a Branch breaking brigade. They are a
2: branch. Because they're just like, do you think they just like break it and they're like, yeah, fuck that branch. (laughs) Peace out. We'll find another one. I don't need that branch. (laughs) Branches
1: are (laughs) everywhere around (laughs) you. Fuck
2: you, Orchardist. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So they just decimate trees and will like suck nectar dry and all this stuff. But they're actually chief pollinators of eucalyptus. So I bet they're buddies with the koala because koala loves eucalyptus. And then these guys keep them pollinated and therefore growing. Oh,
2: they're like the bees of uh, eucalyptus trees.
1: Exactly. The bees of the eucalyptus
2: The bees of the trees.
0: trees.
1: The little red flowers.
0: I'm going through a bit of, like, a koala eucalyptus moment right now. So this is, like, really special for me.
2: Oh,
1: I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah,
2: thank you. And these are all the beautiful creatures we have to keep saved over in Aussie land. Yeah, I
1: bet they're having a not-so-great moment over there right now.
2: Donate to the places that help that, everyone.
1: Yeah, For
2: sure. Um, Is there a reason why they're called a fox and not just a bat? Did you say that already?
1: I think it... It came from, okay, let me remember what this word was. I think it was like a, a Dutch word for, um, or it was like some sort of Dutch explorer, I want to say, saw this bat, and they called it a fladerhund. So, um...
0: <laughs> De flederhund. Das fladerhund. Das fladerhund. Gotter damerang. De, flederhund. De flederhund. Das zubertoob. Ja.
1: Flieglinde Hollander. Yeah. Um, here's where my mind takes me. I don't know if this is right. Foxes, right, are... Probably, I think they're part of like a Canis order. Canis.
2: Family. I mean, I guess
0: you're looking at me. I
2: know this, but I you don't. So. I'm just. Hold I'm please. just like. I just want to make fun of the word Canis, so I have <laughs> no help for you here. I just want to make fun of the word.
1: Because I think somewhere back we've got dogs and foxes are probably okay. related. Correct. that sounds some, that
2: sounds very right.
1: Some word Canis, so I'd probably put that at like. Okay, we've got... Their
0: family, the Canidae.
1: Canidae, foxes and dogs. Foxes
0: and dogs and dog-like carnivorians.
1: Hund is the German word for dog. So we've got a flying dog, and dogs and foxes are related. Da. Maybe that's ja. how we get there? I don't know. That's just where my it. mind went. Are there
2: other bats that are also called, labeled foxes? Like, yes, like flying a, a... foxes.
1: Blind yeah, so conscious. a lot of, not all, but a lot of the um, old world fruit bats.
2: <laughs> I'm sitting right here. Again, <laughs> You're I'll looking die. at me when you say You're that. You're looking me in the <laughs> eyes and saying, it. look away. Wait,
0: wait, I have something to posit. If one person says that the face of this bat looks like a dog, couldn't another person conceivably say that the face of this bat looks like a fox? Yes. <sighs> yeah,
1: canis. Canidids. So mm-hmm. I
0: think that's, I think that's. Sure. I think it's not more complicated than that. Probably right.
2: like, hey, that thing looks like a dog in the face. That's well, right. Call that
0: flying thing a dog. But the person that right. named it thought it looked like more like a fox, you know.
2: Oh, true.
1: I mean, who knows? Yeah, plan. who knows? Or it could be a translational thing. Like, you see hoon, do you think fox. Yeah. You see dog, you think fox. I don't know. Hmm. But whatever. Old World Fruit Bats slash Megabats are... Megabats.
2: Megabats that weigh underneath one pound. An ounce. Like, an ounce. An, oh, shit. So even less... Well, they less... got a fly, though.
1: Right. So they got it. It's not Hollow Bones, but no. it's Light Bodies, um, which I can get more into in a moment.
2: That is the name of a play. Yes. Hollow Bones, Light Bodies. <laughs> or like a really creepy movie.
1: Yes. Hollow
2: Bones, Light Bodies. What? That's the oh. After Hours Animal Fan Club yeah. podcast. Yeah, Next season at Playwrights Horizon. <laughs> exactly. Like just over on 10th Avenue. You know
1: what I mean? Yeah, totally.
2: <laughs> hollow Bones, Light Bodies.
1: And hollow Bones, 30 Rock.
0: It's only old women at Trista's, it's only elderly females. Oh, for sure.
1: They need work.
0: Yeah, just like the ma- rest
1: of us. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> flying foxes, megabats. There's a lot of species of flying foxes within the megabats. To ultimately it. answer your question about these guys are foxes. blind. No, actually, <gasps> I'm so glad you asked this. This is the perfect Yay! springboard to get into like, like probably the last, final big thing I'll talk about. Fruit bats, megabats, however we want to call them. They do not echolocate. That was one of the things. People often know about bats.
0: Because you can see fruit on a tree. You're not trying to, like, pick the fruit out of the air as it's flying.
1: It's a lot more complicated than that.
0: Oh, oh, boy. Actually,
1: Okay, this is intense, but it's very cool. Bats are tiny. It turns out that echolocation, as well as flying, requires a lot of just energy. It's a lot of k getting burned. For sure. Here. Microbats, which are the ones that are echolocation-oriented, They find their prey by echolocating, so sending sound waves out. And if something's out there, it bounces back and you know it's there. Whereas fruit bats don't do that. So, Mike, you were not wrong, I guess, but it's just different. So fruit bats are larger. Within these smaller micro bats, evolutionary-wise, it made sense for echolocation and energy expenditure. So, like, oxygen expenditure would be combined in a system to preserve energy. So there's some idea that, like, When the bat is on its downbeat of its wings, it sends out, it's an exhalation of breath. And I think within that, like an exhalation of sound emitting, the echolocation device. So they're combining essentially their like exhale with the echolocation Hmm. technique. If that makes sense. Okay. So they're combined processes. Whereas the fruit bat is much larger. So I just don't think that it's energy wise. It's a,
2: me- so it's it a mega. It's a mega. Possibly but one ounce. to only two Fatty thirds of batty. them are actually
1: really that big. It just didn't make sense. They needed more energy, so it wasn't a function that could be combined with another function. They just needed to focus on the oxygen production versus optimizing echolocation with oxygen production.
2: Got it. These guys do see, though. They don't need... They have
1: very good eyesight. Really? So blind as a bat does not apply here.
2: Well, that's why it's a fox.
1: It's a a fox. a stone-cold fox. So they do not echolocate, and they are not blind as bats. In fact, they're very much good because they're nocturnal.
2: Very much good. It's very much good. Very much good.
1: They're nocturnal, so they got to be able to see that fruit and see these flowers to land upon to collect the nectar.
2: Wow. There should be like a Batman spin off called Firefox. <laughs> I mean, there is one. There's a very famous fox, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. He can't echolocate, but he can solve some mysteries.
1: Yes. He can see in the dark, baby. Yeah. Perpuscular vision.
2: We're
0: corpuscular. I just have to say that I feel like I've been exhaling so much and that I could have been echolocating this entire time (laughs) and I haven't been and that makes me feel like
2: less than
1: You are not optimized as a bat but you're a human.
2: I'm trying not to echolocate on the microphone like as part of like a (sighs) like I can't really like (laughs) I can't tell people where I am right now because I'm podcasting so you won't hear any Right, right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
1: bats. yeah they're so cool wow and i i will say growing up in ohio i remember like looking up into a night sky and being like that's like a drunk bird flying around and then later in life being like oh yeah that's just a bat there's Mm -hmm. bats everywhere all the time
2: i have a bat story and actually this goes back to our history doing chicago the musical in kansas city there's an outside theater starlight I know the Starlight Theater. I've played the Starlight. Absolutely. So we were outside. It's obviously night outside. The night sky. The whole thing. It ended up raining one night. Oh gosh. But a bat. You think you know? You're outside, like doing theater. There's several things that could happen, but right. A bat started swooping, <laughs> uh, and our lead Velma. Then she was she was she was not playing with it. Like she didn't think it was funny. She didn't think it was cute. Like we're all kind of giggling. Like this bat was like dive bombing people <gasps> on stage. Yeah. It was. It was. It was not <gasps> echolocating quite well no, with all of the like instruments and things coming at them. But I just, I remember oh, that moment. Yeah. No, yeah. No, but it was, this this bat was like drawn to the, you know, I don't know if it can even, probably it's blind, but it was drawn to the lights. It kept going up the I don't think, think it's like
0: blind, 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 blind. Right. I don't think it's a blind salamander that hasn't seen light in 10,000 years. Ever. Okay. You know? I don't yeah. think it's that blind.
2: Bl- it's like blind enough to want to be around you know light let's say like so like mosquitoes sure. or something or like bugs like moth to the flame that kind of thing yes that's what i was gathering but as it was up there by our stage light, it was just swooping velma on repeat <laughs> it was so funny and oh she's my like God. she's she like i like,
0: actually can do it alone pat yeah, like absolutely. back off yeah. like the sister <laughs> act is not yeah. for
2: you yeah. no it was um <gasps> ah, yeah for sure she did not want her in the sister act at <laughs> all but anyways that's my bat story we got yeah. swooped by a bat as we were performing outside
0: and it was fun
1: that is hilarious
0: yeah I just have to ask if we have microbats and megabats. Do we have gigabats and terabats? (laughs) Terabats. What about nanobat technology?
1: I I hope.
0: I'm into it. Lines of inquiry. Look at us opening them up. (laughs) Got it. Well, uh, let's take a break.
1: Yeah. Bye. Hey, Karen.
0: Hey, Samantha. How's my fave bottlenose sister from another porpoise?
1: I'm dolphin-tastic, Karen. How are you?
0: I'm a little down in the dumps, Samantha. I'm having trouble controlling my jealousy of humans, since when they swim, they get to wear those cool-looking snorkels and stay underwater while they breathe.
1: Well, Karen, I've got some great news for you that will help turn that dolphin frown upside down. Fran Clubby just introduced... Blowhole extenders, the first line of snorkels specifically designed for cetaceans of all sizes and temperaments.
0: Well, I'll be. So I can finally rock a super cool snorkel when I'm swimming with the humans? Will it really help me stay underwater longer?
1: Well, that's the whole point of snorkels. Looking cool is just a pleasant side effect.
0: Oh, Samantha, I'm so happy I could do a barrel roll.
1: You should, Karen, but remember to keep an even keel when wearing your new blowhole extender to avoid filling it with water.
0: Hey, I think we're back in the feed bag.
1: Whoa, it's like I put on a pillowcase.
0: Mmm, oats. Sheila from Schenectady asks, It feels like pleasuring a squamate would be twice the work because of the hemipene. Is that true, or am I just kind of missing the mark
2: here? Well, Sheila, I've dealt with many a hemipene in my day. And let me tell you, girl, just keep moving. Just keep moving. I just don't know that Sheila herself is a
0: squamate and I think that this lock and key mechanism that is involved in the whole hemipene situation would lead to a lot of problems if she's in fact not a squamate and even if she were a squamate with like she would have to be the same species because the hemipene isn't like a skeleton key it's like a very specific key right
2: right. I fully have no idea what we're talking about
0: well the hemipene is the genitals of the lizards like squamates okay like lizards and snakes and stuff and so it's the their penis is divided into two hemispheres, okay. like two pieces. They have different shapes and they But they have
2: two of them. In yeah. Essence. It's kind of right. like they're just a look at it. it looks like system, two two beans. Sure. One
1: system two beans. All right. Another off-Broadway play.
0: And then when they're getting frisky with the lady squamate, her cloaca has like receptors for his which is in his right. cloaca.
2: It's confusing. Got it. Sounds like plus and minus of like the battery. You A know little what I mean? like bit. Different...
0: Then I guess you could say it's like the nine volt battery, the thing on the oh, top. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And the
1: little flappy dab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: The flappy dab.
1: Wait, what was Sheila's what question? Was, what did
0: again? she want to know?
2: Hemipeens. What's up with that?
1: <laughs> what's up with the hemipeens?
0: Sheila wants to know is it twice the work? Is a hemipeen twice the work? Sheila, I don't know that it's really comparable, and I don't know that you should be investigating hemipeens if you don't have like a hemipeen receptor. I if guess. you don't
1: know how a hemipeen works to begin with, I wouldn't worry about it.
2: You know, if he comes with two of them, it sounds kind of shady. Move on.
1: Sheila, the hemipeen is not for you.
2: I
0: think it's not for her, but I also think that we maybe shouldn't genital shame here.
2: Ever.
1: Yes, agreed. But I also don't think that Sheila should dabble where she knows not.
0: Yeah, I guess that still is not really answering the question, like if it is twice the work. But I guess that like the answer is like it's none of your business actually. Yeah. Right. With regard to work. Right. What
2: Sheila wants to do with her hemipenes is her business. Right. Or a friend's hemipene. It's her business. Well,
0: it's the business between the two of them. I think that maybe she should, I don't know, I guess. What is consent from a squabbing? A it's lick. Like, it's like... Wah. Yeah, Sheila, I don't know. I think the official position is like...
1: Chill out, girl. Yeah,
0: simmer.
2: Back to Tinder.
1: Ding,
0: ding, ding. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Ding, 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 ding,
1: ding, 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 ding. from Terre Haute asks, how do horses get drunk? That's a great question, Terence. I don't know. How do horses get drunk? Old apples. Uh-huh. I bet old apples that have sat on the ground too long and they've fermented within oh. their skin.
2: I didn't know that could actually happen.
1: Yeah. Huh. That's how they do it.
2: Do horses get drunk often? Is that a thing? Yeah. Really?
1: Those fillies getting sauced, they're out
0: there.
2: I'm trying to think of a name of any horse right now. I got nothing. Clydesdale. Well, you would expect the Clydesdales
0: would be big beer drinkers, right? Yeah, but they've actually learned not to, you know, get sauced on the job, and they yeah. have a pretty ironclad contract. Those Clydesdales do. Yeah, you know, they they're can't iconic. Get drunk. Yeah, they don't drink beer.
2: They uh, they usually prefer a fine Oaky Chardonnay. Yes.
1: It's true. For sure. Yeah. Clydesdale, man, they will got fucked hey. up on some Chardonnay. Yeah.
2: Clydesdale, like, is kind of like if you're just, like, wasted as a horse. Like, oh, I'm Clydesdale. Like, I'm just out <laughs> They're of You're like it. the like,
1: frat boys of the horses.
2: Absolutely. Like, blackout yes. is Clydesdale. Yes. <laughs> but I'm like a white wine spritzer. Uh huh. Just like a little pony. You're
1: just like a tender Appaloosa.
2: Yeah. Vodka soda splash a pony. So the question was
1: Do horses get drunk?
2: I or how we, do
1: horses get how drunk? How
2: do horses get drunk? Apples. That's the
0: question. Fermented life. apples. I'm apples. drunk on life. I don't like, know about you. Oh, my but God. You
1: go running those dopamines, you know, yeah. those endorphins.
0: Union-made American beer. For sure.
1: Yeah. There's all kinds of ways for horses to get drunk. Yeah. So, so yeah. How out. and how.
2: Timothy from Tallahassee. What's his name?
1: Terrence from Terre Haute.
2: Oh, chill out, you Terre Haute. Ding, 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 ding,
0: ding,
2: ding, ding. ding. We're just like shaming the question
0: askers tonight. Well, then ask a
1: good question.
0: So we got um, some animal free associations here.
1: Yes, I love this game.
0: Yeah, the animal free association is very entertaining. These are from Richard in Richmond. I think I know him. Do you know about the animal free association game, Brent? It's we say an object or a word or whatever. It's it's a word and yeah. then you say what animal you think of Great. first relating to that word. Great. Okay.
1: Fingernail.
2: It makes me think of like a like a cricket or like a like a cockroach, like something like, like the, the back edge of like an insect like that, which both of those are kinda ugh. But yeah. something about a fingernail feels like that back wing.
0: I think of like a bird, like a toucan, because of the material of their beak. Boom. Cool. All right. The next free association word on the list is pillow.
1: A bear.
2: Yeah, I went to bear right at my same.
1: Because I well, thought of the downy bear. Because the downy bear, the little like, hoo hoo. He was always like falling into
2: me. Sharmin. Like, Charmin bear, too. Buy my right.
0: fabric softener.
1: Yeah, it was right. the cuddle or the.
2: um. I wouldn't know anything about cuddle bears. Bullshit. <laughs> Uh, uh, also like a bird. Feathers. I think feathers. of like down pillows. Like goose down, right? Goose down. Goose. Squawk. Like
1: when you fall down on your pillow,
2: it just goes, ah! I'm so down for down pillows. Yep. Slumbers. Brent, why don't you read the next free association word? The next free association word is
0: lamp. Wow. Moths instantly. No yeah, cuts. I thought
1: of anglerfish.
2: Oh. Ooh, Ah! Oh. They oh. carry their own lamps. Yeah, the lamps of the sea. And if moths could swim, they would get eaten by the anglerfish. Yeah, right. yeah, wow. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So it was okay. a sort of predator prey binarism, sure. bimodial Absolutely. distribution thing. Sure. Well, keep the questions coming. AnimalFanClubPod at gmail.com. Ding, the ding. feedback is full, and we'll get to you next time.
1: Yes. Mm.
0: Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Ding. <laughs> Well, all right, everybody, that wraps up this week's meeting.
2: We'd just like to say thank you to Brent Huser, our special guest. Yes, the pleasure is all mine. As I told you, I've been listening since podcast one, and I'm still a super fan, so it is... Super amazing that I'm here with you for two episodes. Wow! You're a yeah. super
1: guest, and you Dang. are a super guest because you're the first double guest we've had.
2: Ooh! I'm also the first giraffe, real life giraffe, to I have on the know, air. You're a so. first True. giraffe. Yeah. Oh my yeah.
1: goodness. Well, but, I hope
2: you had fun because I had a blast. I, I did. had
1: so much fun. You're a yeah. gem. Come back anytime to the clubhouse.
2: I will hold you to that. Okay, yeah. Watch out. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) In the
0: meanwhile, how do people keep up with you and your happenings on the internet?
2: You can find me at Brent Huser. That's B-R-E-N-T-H-E-U-S-E-R. And or at Brent Pumpkins if you want some Halloween pumpkin carving crazy content. Those are my two places to follow me.
0: Yeah, the pumpkins are really incredible. I encourage you to go on a gourd journey.
1: Into it.
2: There's actually a wonderful photo of a tiger attacking a pumpkin, and his <gasps> eyes are just like batshit crazy. Like they look like all like all over the place. But he has like a pumpkin, and the meme is just, oh, it's a oh my a pumpkin, <laughs> and he's just like over this pumpkin. So I don't. Oh, I, know we what... gotta look
1: that up. That sounds yeah. great.
2: I don't yeah. know. I also, squirrels are known for messing the pumpkins up too. I think. But that's my only correlation between animals and pumpkins. But
1: follow me, y'all. Yeah. Great. Do it.
0: Animal Fan Club is created and produced by us, Meredith Jergens and Mike Luno. We also create all our original music and sonic experiences.
1: Send us your listener feedback questions to animalfanclubpod at gmail.com.
0: Follow us on Instagram at animalfanclubpod at MeredithJergens and at Mike underscore Luno.
1: And don't forget to rate and review our podcast on your favorite app. That really helps us out.
0: Thanks for listening to our show. We hope it makes your heart and spirit glow. We'll be here next week for another meeting of the Animal Fan Club.